Live with Rachel and Kate Spiritual Speak. Hi everyone, you're live with Rachel, it's me and Kate. Hi Kate, how are you doing? I'm great, Rachel, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Had a nice chilled out day today i've done some uh, distant healing work today and a bit of yoga listened to a new album whilst i was doing that so i am very chilled and calm and i've been thinking and looking at a lot of different things this past week about how we can change um how we relate to ourselves and how we feel even if the world around us is a bit toxic or hectic you know, chaos does not do us good. There are lots of different things we can do. Um, so today I was thinking, um, I, we did try unsuccessfully last time, me winging it last second idea to do a cord cutting meditation um, using energy that Archangel Michael brings to us. Um, so I'm a bit more organised this week. I have actually got the recording <laughs> uploaded. So fingers crossed, technology will be our friend. It will be mm-hmm. our friend. Um and we'll see what happens there. Um, but something that I came to again this week, which I've I've looked at so many times before over the years, which I found fascinating, was how we speak to ourselves and how and the words and the language and the thoughts that we have completely influence who we are and how we think. I mean, I know this as a therapist with cognitive behavioural therapy and hypnotherapy that self-speak is incredibly important you know especially that it's positive you know for example if we do something silly and we call ourselves stupid or oh I'm such an idiot things like that um that's not good because even though we might be doing it in a light-hearted way and joking we are just sending a very negative message to ourselves and I came across something this week that made me think even more about the importance of positive self-speak and surrounding ourselves with people that speak to us positively and with respect. And that's the work of Dr. Masaru Emoto. Now, he did some experiments in the 1990s, I believe, um, with water. Now, bearing in mind, we are 80% water. In the old meat suit, the old flesh bag that our consciousness rides around in, we are mostly water. And he did some experiments, which some people may or may not believe in, which basically was looking at how human consciousness has an effect on the molecular, well, I can't even speak today, molecular structure of water. Bear with me. So Emoto's theories explored his belief that water could react to positive thoughts and words, and that even polluted water could be changed maybe even cleansed in some way or partially cleansed through positive words being around it. So he he has actually published several volumes of work. There's so much out there on Google. You know, everyone listening, Google Masaru Emoto and his work. It's amazing. And he took lots and lots of photographs of experiments with water. Um, and if you've seen the movie, What the Bleep Do We Know?, which is similar to The Secret. His ideas were also um, talked about in that movie. So 
his theory is this, that you take water as a blueprint for our reality. And his experiments consisted of exposing water in glasses to different words, pictures, music, and then freezing and examining how the water looked, the resulting ice crystals. And so he used microscopic photography to do that. And his claim was that water exposed to positive speech and thoughts would result in visually pleasing crystals being formed and that negative intention would yield ugly looking or, you know, strange looking frozen crystal formations. And, well, if the photos to believed, he was absolutely correct. You know, the sound experiments that have been done over the years as well with fluids. You know, we've seen videos on YouTube, haven't we, where somebody's put um, liquid and then put a speaker underneath and you can see that where sound and bass vibration comes through the liquid, it makes patterns like sacred geometry patterns. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing was happening with the water. So with the water, you know, if a glass of water was told, I love you, it would form beautiful crystals. If the water was told, I hate you, it would form entirely different crystals. And so if we apply that same logic and theory to ourselves, if we're constantly telling ourselves in our bag of water, you know, oh, I'm stupid, or I hate you, I hate myself, or if we are surrounding ourselves with people that tell us that, that has a radical effect on us as human beings so that's just something that occurred to me this week again I'll, it comes back to me time and time again because I have looked at his work and his findings over the years but if that's true we really really owe it to ourselves and the people around us to say kind words and behave positively have you come across his work before Kate? Yes actually I have a, a couple of his books and I love it. I've, I've even printed out the cr pictures of the crystals of love and joy and happiness, and I tape them to the coaster that I use on my desk. So when I put my drink on there, it's sitting on those beautiful crystal pictures. And wow. I love his work. You know, it, it's, it's such a perfect example of how powerful our energy is and that vibration that we put out affecting water. And in turn, as you're sharing with us today, you know, because we're 80% water, what we're doing to ourselves. I love mm. this. This is, uh, this is an exciting conversation because we are so powerful and we forget how powerful mm. we are. And here this is a tangible way of seeing through someone else's photography, granted, but it, it, you can, and you can tell even with a plant. If you're telling it that you love it versus a plant that, oh, my gosh, I hate you, I wish I should just throw you away, you know, how, how the plant even reacts. You know, we had freezing weather, uh, beautiful springtime weather, and then, then everything froze last year, and my husband just kept sending love to the trees around our house and they all came out of it. We weren't sure if they were going to make it, especially the lilac bushes, because they had started to get little buds on them. But with all that love that he – and I kind of stayed out of it, because I wanted to see what happened just with him doing it. It's kind of hard, because I love the trees. Uh, I'm sure there was some residual love energy going there, but seeing how that works and, and how 
even though it looks like it's going to die, it comes back to life. So Emoto's work, I just love it. Just love, love, love it. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. And I've done similar experiments myself with um, orchids because I'm always absolutely terrified that I'm not going to keep them alive when I'm, when I'm given one as a gift. Mm-hmm. And so I've done the same thing with positive thoughts and with Reiki energy as well. So when I'm waiting for the kettle to boil in the morning or for my coffee to be made, I will Reiki my orchids and I'll talk to them and I'll tell them that they need to thrive and survive and be beautiful. And everyone probably thinks I'm crazy. Apart from Prince Charles, he does talk to plants. But <laughs> um, it works because the orchids always come back more and more beautiful and the blooms are bigger each time they bloom as well. So for someone who is actually quite good at, you know, killing plants unintentionally, um, this is this is a big thing for me and um, I, I really enjoy doing that. And looking at Emoto's experiment, you know, at one point he had he had about 1,900 people focusing feelings of gratitude towards water stored in bottles, and then they froze that water and inspected the crystals. The crystals were, you know, they they showed the crystals to to subjects that weren't involved. You know, they didn't know what the experiment was. They were just asked, "Do you think this water's crystals are more beautiful, or this water's crystals more beautiful?" And the water that hadn't been in the experiment at all, was rated less beautiful than the water that had been in the experiment. So this is, you know, like a blind test. People that Mm -hmm. didn't know what the heck was going on were just looking at the pictures of the crystals and deciding which ones they thought looked more beautiful. So (laughs) I thought that was amazing that 1,900 bottles of water were judged to to just, you know, from the untrained eye to look more beautiful in crystal form than the ones that hadn't been touched. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's got to be something to it. I don't really understand science that well. I do some aspects, you know, I dip into quantum physics every so often and come away with a headache. But <laughs> what bits I do grasp, <laughs> I I get it, you know, that science hasn't caught up yet. Science will completely catch up one day I do believe that there will be explanations for the amazing things that we encounter and that some of us can do you know Mm -hmm. some of the magical things that happen when we give healing to another person you can't put that into words you can't explain it but um it's it's amazing to me it really is Mm -hmm. So do you know much more about Emoto's work? Because I didn't even know until we did, we talked like for 30 seconds before the show today about talking about this. And I didn't know that you were really familiar with his work at all. So this is amazing, actually. You probably know a lot more than I do. <laughs> oh, no, I just I just love the energy of his work. You know, it, mm. it, it just, it's a new, it's a, just another way of bringing in the light and the the understanding that they, that we're so much bigger than we're led to believe that we are, 
you know, mm. I, I grew up, grew up, Fred and I were talking yesterday about where I grew up, little town. Actually, there wasn't even a town where my house was. <laughs> it was out <laughs> in in the field, <laughs> way out in the field. And you know, where I went to school, there were only 3,000 people. Well, where my daughter went to school here in Denver, I mean, there were 3,000 people in her high school, you know, which was a mm. little bit hard to get my mind around. She told me that, well, mm. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Those people would have eaten me alive. <laughs> you know, it's so much more challenging to be a teenager today. But when you're when you're with family as, or someone who can help you open your heart to that beautiful light that you are, and with things like Emotal's work and and understanding that there is something bigger there, and that we have access to that energy. I remember doing a meditation one time with and um with my angels and my guides and and I was kind of on this cloud thing and the and it kind of parted a little bit and and there it looked like the milky way through this opening in the clouds and and I was speaking with my guide there and I said what is that? And he said that's raw creation energy. And all you have to do to create something in your life is mold that energy into form. And Emoto is showing us that sending love to water, something that we have to have to, to even live, is, is so powerful that it can change the way the crystals form. You know, I, I've seen those those crystals in the pictures and so the ones that don't receive the love that have negative energy sent to them and, and to to infused in that water. They're they're malformed and 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 they look like they've been injured in some way. And then you take the ones that are love and they're just perfect. At the, the symmetry of them and and the just all their little shape is just so perfect and so beautiful and you can feel you can feel that energy when you look at have you noticed that Rachel that when you just look at the pictures you can feel that energy? Yeah, I have actually. It's just um, it, it's quite remarkable how just you can tell that there's something special that's occurred. You know, and yeah. if we look at you know, I mean, Tesla and, and other scientists like Einstein, they all knew that the entire universe is composed, you know, on the levels of energy, frequency and vibration. You know, everything, everything in the universe vibrates at a subatomic level. So, you know, when we're looking at, you know, say our own hands, we, we are looking at something that appears to be solid, but it's actually full of gaps. <laughs> You know, and so everything, you know, even our seemingly solid bodies, even the metal of our cars and, you know, great structures like the Eiffel Tower, everything vibrates and everything is full of these tiny, tiny little gaps in order for everything to vibrate. So energy can pass through anything. It really can. And it does. And it never ceases to amaze me just how that can impact and affect everything and everybody. Mm-hmm. It really can. You know, it's like the aurora, you know, the aurora borealis. That's that's down to the magnetic energy of the sun. You know, when the sun has a, a geomagnetic storm, you know, flare, offshoot, flies off into space, by the time it hits Earth, 
those particles end up as that beautiful dancing energy in the atmosphere. I mean, how cool and amazing is that? Mm-hmm. You know, it, just, it never ceases to amaze me. What's possible? We just see something, oh, yeah, that's a car, you know, there, yeah, that's, that's a floor. Look at that. And it, it seems unimpressive, but everything that exists is impressive just because it exists. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we we teach about how the light is coming in and changing our planet. And, and Florence, teach, Florence Koval Shin, back in 1925, was teaching that love is the most powerful magnetic force in the universe. And love has that power to change things, to change our lives, to create a new reality. No matter what our life looks like today, bringing more love and light into our life and sending love to, to situations and to people, you know, it, it, it's a form of prayer. And, you know, people scoff at prayer, making really making a difference, get out there and do something. Well, sending love to something is the most powerful thing we can do. And it's free, and it's effortless. I, 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 just, I, I get so excited about how the changes happen. You know, we can create this whole new reality just from sitting in our chair and then taking the action steps that we're guided to take after we send that love and, and move. We're shifting energy. We're shifting it and forming it into a material item or a, um, an experience. It, it, the possibilities are just endless. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when we talk about prayer and love, you know, some people might roll their eyes and go, oh, okay, so we're talking about tree-hugging hippie crap, are we? No, we're not, actually. <laughs> it's, just, it's just reality. You know, the nature of reality is subjective. Everybody's got their own core beliefs and their own view of the world. So if you've had overwhelmingly negative experiences your whole life you you can yeah your thoughts are going to get colored by that and you're probably going to look at the world from a negative viewpoint but we can change that at any given moment in our lives it doesn't matter how long and crappy the universe has seemingly kicked us in the butt for you know it could have been years it doesn't matter because we can change it in a heartbeat now you know i even on the worst pain-filled day for me, because I do experience physical pain, I still immediately shift my focus to what can I feel gratitude for? And I immediately think of three things that I can feel absolutely blessed to have in my life. Now, we're not talking from a religious standpoint when we talk about, you know, feeling gratitude and love. You know, if if that's your thing, if you do have a religious faith, then that's brilliant you know more power to you for me spirituality is about honoring the fact that if we talk about god as the source each and every single one of us is full of that each and every single one of us has got that god energy within us and by that token we can change whatever negative thing we're experiencing just by shifting how we think about it so for example we're not, I'm not going to name him anymore, but the President of the United States, number 45, that we are currently experiencing in this reality, I know that if we keep on bombarding just the situation with positive thoughts, something will change, and that will not be a force of evil anymore. You know, it's the same with anything else in our lives. If we are experiencing incredible hardship, we can at any given moment 
decide to think differently about that hardship and then think of ways we can get ourselves out of that hardship, whether it's we need to go and get some more education, we need to obtain a qualification that then enables us to go and find a better job, whether we think about, okay, well, I don't like where I'm living right now. Focus your time and energy on how can I get myself out of this situation? What do I need to do? What resources do I need to learn and tap into in order to do that? You know, nothing is set in stone in this lifetime. We can rise above whatever has happened. You know, one of the most inspirational people that I know has had, you know, on paper, the most awful life. You know, she she was abused as a child. She's had terrible relationships. You know, lots of horrible things have happened to her. But she is the most incredibly strong woman and she inspires others. And if you met her, you would never know what she's gone through because she's chosen to rise above all of that and turn it around and use it to power the rest of her life in the most positive way. And, you know, she's got a daughter and she's the most amazing little girl, you know, and mm. it never ceases to amaze me just how much we are capable of being that. You know, we can rise above. We can choose to change our circumstances and not be a victim of anything. Mm-hmm. We are incredibly powerful. You're dead right, Kate. We are. Yeah, and sometimes it's really hard to pull ourselves out of that victim mentality yeah. and that victim energy because we've been there for so long. But we can do it. And our friend Archangel Michael helped you put together a meditation to help all of us to help cut those cords of negativity so we can move into that powerful light of love, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, I was talking earlier about, you know, if you have negative people around you or negative situations that you find yourself in, you can start the healing process by, you know, sitting with that energy and, you know, offering forgiveness and also cutting cords that connect you to that situation or that person, whatever it is that's holding you back or holding you down in your mind, then you can start the healing process with that. So I really wanted to share that with everyone today because... And it is on my website available to purchase for a couple of pounds. But I I really feel that it's, I mean, it's had such a powerful effect for me because I use it often. You know, if there's something that I want to disconnect from, first thing I do is this meditation, always. You know, I absolutely do believe that when we disconnect fully from something, even if it's a visualization in our mind, it starts the healing process off far more powerfully. Mm, wonderful. Well, it's a little eight-minute meditation. We're going to play that here and share it with everyone. We've had several people come on the line. Some of you have raised your hand. We are going to take calls in just a few moments, but we're going to go ahead and listen to this meditation that Rachel wants to share with us, and we're so excited to have a listen. So just sit back and be comfortable, and we'll get this started. First of all, you need to take steps to disconnect yourself from the emotional aspect. You need to disconnect your cord from someone or something that's happened. Even if this is a person you don't wish to connect with or see again, 
and love. And importantly, feel a sense of forgiveness because that's for you, not for them. Forgiveness is so that you can release the anger and the unforgiveness from your heart.
future, you feel any negative thoughts creeping in towards these people, sit with them just for a moment, really feel them fully, asking for those feelings to be transmuted into positive loving energy again. Place them with positive thoughts, maybe a happy memory, and send them love. If you ever feel a cord of connection being made in your auric field, or if you feel a sense of connection being made in your solar plexus that you do not want, and this is with anybody living or past, just repeat the exercise of disconnection and ask Archangel Michael to come in. So now you have the power to cut cords with anyone at any time those cords no longer serve a purpose and do not nourish the soul and the spirit of friendship and love. And it's okay to let people go. Friendships and connections, sometimes they're not meant to be for a lifetime. Sometimes we're just meant to learn from each other for a very short period. And that's okay. That's all meant to be. Let that connection go now with love. Breathe. Visualize roots now going deep into the earth. Gently wrapping themselves around your lower legs, your calves, your ankles and feet. Any negative feelings you have towards this person that you've got caught with, they're going deep into the earth now, down through these roots be transmuted again into positive energy. And you feel such strength now in your solar plexus. You visualize that beautiful yellow strong light just beneath your ribcage. And as you breathe in, you feel that light pulse and strengthen. And you ask Archangel Michael now if you can borrow his armour whenever you feel under threat or if the person you've disconnected with attempts to make another cord of connection if you don't want it, you don't have to allow it. And so this armour will be with you. Whenever you need it, just bring it forth. Tough, metal, shiny, beautiful. This is armour that's yours on loan permanently from Archangel Michael and you can use it whenever you need to. Take a long deep breath to finish. Bring yourself back and wiggle your fingers and your toes and as you're opening your eyes you feel refreshed and present ready to continue with your day. Rachel, that was beautiful. Oh, thank you. I find it useful. It really helps me um, if I need to disconnect and forgive. Um, and I felt it was important to include, you know, the opportunity to reconnect with someone. You know, say, for example, it's a family member and, you know, you love them and you do want a better connection with them for the future, then it's ideal for that. So I'm mm-hmm. glad you enjoyed it. 
Oh, I did. And, you know, it, it sets that intention from a beautiful basis of love to move forward, whether it's without someone or a situation or with someone. So yeah. it, it's, it's a beautiful way to really bring that love into your life and, and shed that cloak of negativity that we carry around so often. Yeah, because it's not, it's not worth holding on to. You know, if someone has caused us pain, they might not necessarily be feeling that pain as much as we are. Um, and it, we need to process that. We need to do something about it. And so that helps you to start to take back your power. Yeah. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. You're welcome. I felt it was important to share that. I think the way everyone's feeling right now in the world at the moment, it's just another tool that we can use mm-hmm. to just bring ourselves back, like you say, to a place of love rather than feeling scared or fearful or, you know, full of hatred. It just helps us to remember who we are as consciousness-inspired beings rather than just overwhelmed by our circumstances. Mm-hmm. So do yeah. we have some callers on the line, Kate? We do. We have a few callers. Uh, we've only got one person with their hand up, and we'd really like to bring you on the line. The last, uh, let's see, let's see, the phone number you have is 333-9392. Hi, you're on the air. Hello? Goodness, this person's been holding for a long time. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi. Hi, how are you guys doing? Great. Do you have, um, are we playing behind, if you could turn down the, if you're listening on your phone or um, uh, computer, could you turn that down so that uh, we don't have any feedback? Oh, yeah, I just, because uh, the phone was on speaker. Sorry, I was eating. Oh, there we go. Okay, what's your name? Hello? Hmm. Well, it looks like we must be having a technical difficulty. Um, I'm going to put you back on mute, and um, we'll come back to you. Uh, we've had some other people uh, come back on the line. Let's see. Uh, my control panel is not working. Okay, there we go. Um, if you've got a question for Rachel or I, please push star 2 on your phone, and we will call on you. Or else we'll be saying hello and sounding like Adele for the next five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to try to bring this person back on the line again with the 9392 number. Hi, were you able to figure out your technical difficulties and talk with us? Um, I'm not sure what's wrong with the connection, but can you hear me better now? I can hear you now. And what's your name? Uh, My name's Gabriella, but you can call me Gabby. Gabby. Okay, great. Well, welcome to our show, Gabby. Uh, did you have any questions for us, or was there something you'd like to discuss? I just have a like a question because I want to know like if my spirit guides or angels or higher my higher self has any messages. Well, we we don't give messages or readings on our show, but um, they definitely always have something to say to us. Uh, do you have a practice that you use to visit with your angels and guides? 
Hmm. Okay. Houston, we have a problem. Technology yeah. is not happening. Okay. Hmm. Okay. okay. Well, we can well, talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. So we can talk. Gabby, we're going to talk. We, I put you on mute because um, something's happening with our connection because we can't hear you. But Rachel and I will give information on how to talk and communicate with your angels and guides. So, uh, Rachel, what do you recommend that Gabby and our other listeners do to connect with their angels and guides and receive those messages that they have for us? Okay, well, I'm going to use the scary M-word, meditation, which people tend to think, oh, no, it's too big of a thing. I can't meditate. I can't quiet my mind. Well, we don't have to quiet the mind completely in order to hear So as humans, we're programmed to just have constant thoughts running through our head all the time. And all we do in meditation is, you know, some people might even call it daydreaming. and They might be doing it without realizing. It's just sitting quietly and just not really engaging with anything around you and just allowing your thoughts to just drift. And all you do is focus on your breath and the thoughts come and you just don't engage with them. So if a thought comes in such as, oh, I've got a pile of ironing to do or what we're going to have for dinner tonight, you don't go into that and think about it further. You just acknowledge that thought there and you just let it go. You could even in your mind's eye swipe it you know, away like you would on something on your phone um, and just get really sort of into a pattern of very centered breathing. Don't breathe too hard. You haven't got to sit there sort of doing yogic breathing or anything like that. Just feeling comfortable and quiet is enough. And then you can ask um, for grounding to be given to you so your feet feel very heavy on the floor and you visualize the roots I was talking about in the meditation, just gently wrapped around your legs going deep into the earth and anything that you don't want to feel can go down into the earth through the roots. And then you ask a question. You say... Angels and spirit guides, if you could draw close, have you got a message for me? Now, sometimes they will show you images. You might get a snapshot of something from your own life from the past. You might see a symbol or an item. Um, But they will show you something. Something will come. And people often mistake it as their own thoughts. Or they'll think, oh, that doesn't mean anything to me. What I would say is write everything down that you see and that you feel during the meditative experience. Even if it makes no sense and even if it's stupid, you know, like something so minor (laughs) that you could easily dismiss, write it down anyway, no matter how silly it seems. And I promise you, if you look back at that journal once a week, once a month, you'll see that there are connections there. That they were giving you signs and messages about things that are going to be happening that are important. Also things that are not so important, but it's all proof that they are there. They're listening and that they're always offering a guiding hand. Now, that's something really simple that you can do. There are specific meditations that you can do to set up a meeting place for your spirit guide and you to commune. Again, that's you can look for that on my website in my meditation store at rachelkeen.net. That will be tool to have. But there is nothing more powerful than having your own validations and experiences. This is why I don't actually give readings anymore because I'd rather teach you guys to have these experiences yourself and give you the tools and the equipment you need to continue to do that and to develop yourself spiritually. So... 
have a look at the website. There are meditations there that can help. But the simplest thing is what I've just spelled out for you. Just get very quiet, meditate. The more you do it, even if it's just five minutes a day, that's all it takes for you to start flexing that psychic muscle in order for you to receive your own guidance. Repetition. I know it's boring, but that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. When what I first you started trying... I'm sorry, go ahead, Rachel. I was just saying, what do you do? What What would your advice be? <laughs> <laughs> well, when I first started trying to meditate, I just kept falling asleep. Sometimes I would connect with my guides and I they would show me things and oh it was so exciting. But most of the time I just fell asleep. And I started writing with my angels and guides. Um I type faster than I write, so I would sit down to my computer and I would first start focusing on the beating of my heart to really help my clear my mind of just that mental chatter. I would focus on the beating of my heart, and then start focusing on my breath. And then I would just start typing, you know, dearest angels and guides, or if I was speaking to someone specific, you know, and I would write, type out my question, and then I would just allow myself to take in whatever came. And like you said, Rachel, they may show me something in my mind's eye, or I sometimes I would hear um, the uh, words and I would type all that down um, and then go back and read it. And I would use words that I don't normally use. Um, and they would just be, it would form a whole conversation and a story. And um, Gabrielle is typing in the um, chat room here. She asked if she could see, get a glimpse of the future. And Yes, of course. You know, our angels and guides can show us things that will that is a possibility for our future. You know, anything that we dream of is already ours at a higher plane of existence. That's how we get that idea because it's already ours. But so many times we block ourselves from fulfilling that that dream or that goal or that wish, that desire that we have in our heart. But we, when we open ourselves to that guidance and to that love energy that we can mold that energy into form, then we create that different and better reality. So, yes, we can get that, that vision of the future, of that possibility that can happen for us. And she said, Sarah, that sometimes it makes her feel off kilter. Um, you know, it's, it's something you're not used to. You know, we're used to feeling like we're limited, that um, we can only be, do, or have specific things, and those dreams of our heart are, are things beyond us. Well, that's really not the case. You know, when, when our world starts teaching true reality that we are limitless spiritual beings and we really get into that belief and that knowing then our world will change in drastic ways, in beautiful, beautiful ways. Well, it, it bringing in the light of love to create wonderful experiences. And that's what we all want, is a happier life. So that feeling off kilter, you may even feel a little dizzy sometimes, like, whoa, that can, that can really happen for me. That's that shifting into that other energy. At least that's been my experience. You know, when I've seen things that have been just so far out there of 
from the realm of possibility that I was felt I was in, it was it was a shock to my my human body. Yet, I felt that tingle of excitement, and I felt that knowing within that yes, this can really be true for me. I can experience that. And when you open your heart to, oh, my gosh, that can be mine. I can have that experience. I can have that love. I can have that material thing or or be living in that place or have that wonderful job or have that beautiful relationship that brings me so much joy. When your heart opens to that reality that it can be yours because it already is at a higher plane of existence, all we have to do is open our heart for that reality to be ours and then follow those action steps that we're guided to take. Make that phone call or, or enroll in that class or whatever we're guided to do. And the angels will show you, your guides will show you, your deceased loved ones will show you. Trust the guidance. Ask for a sign. And feel that validation within you that you're on the right path. And before you know it, all the signs will be there, those things that are important to you. For me, it's rainbows. When I see rainbows, and of course here in Colorado, we see rainbows a lot in the sky, but I see them all over my house when the sun's not even shining. But I have those eyes to see. I have my, an open heart to see that. And you can do that too. No matter what your life looks like right now, when you open your heart to the love that you are and that essence of love that is your true being, the guidance and the signs and and that voice of of the angels and and your guides from within you can be heard and can be seen, and you have the power to create the reality that you really want to live and bringing that happiness and joy not only into your life but into the world and to everyone you touch. Even the soils of Mother Earth beneath your feet, they heal and they change to create happier outcomes for everyone. Wow. Got on a little roll there. (laughs) <laughs> it's like I, I go into it. this other place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it when you go off into the other place. It's good. I think we all benefit from it. Um, <laughs> there's just something I'd like to add, if I may, about the of feeling course. off kilter part. Um, you know, when you do start to shift how you think and start to experience meditation and, you know, going within a bit more, you can feel off kilter and sometimes it means you just need to ground yourself a little bit more um, whilst you're having your experiences. So as I was saying earlier about the roots going deep into the earth and just breathing and allowing any energy that's not your own to travel down through these roots, but also to, to feel grounded, to actually feel that you are in contact with the earth. You know, I, I always meditate barefoot and have my feet on the ground that I can feel the ground. If you're in, you know, if you're in a moving, say, you you know, you've got your earphones in and you're on public transport and you're, you're listening to a meditation on the way into work or something like that, 
you know, just visualize that those routes are also traveling down through whatever point of contact the vehicle has with the ground, whether it's wheels or, you know, if you're on tracks, whatever. But it's important to have that grounding because mm -hmm. I do find sometimes um, when I'm teaching students that are new to this, that they will have that lightheaded feeling, that they will feel a bit spacey and not quite with it sometimes. And so when they get into a regular routine of practicing grounding every day, whether you're going to be doing anything woo-woo or not, just get into a habit of doing it when you wake up and at some point during the day and then when you go to sleep at night, just before you go to sleep, just practice your grounding and just ask for protection from your guides. You'll find that that lightheadedness goes away. It does ease off. Um, I didn't know what was happening to me very early on in my development and it was, yeah, at times I was away with the fairies. I soon learned how to bring myself back, which was good. Mm -hmm. So that's important. Um, we do feel off kilter when we're changing the way we think. You know, that can be part of it as well. Sometimes that's what can put people off from their own spiritual evolution and working on it because they might feel so lightheaded and weird when they start to work on it. They just think, oh, no, I don't like it, um, instead of sort of just working on that part to help calm it down. But yeah, it's um, it's really important. Everything you said there was brilliant, Kate. Thank you for sharing that with us. Well, I'm so glad you added the grounding, grounding to all this information because that is so important. You know, yeah. we we're human. Well, we're spiritual beings in our human bodies, and that grounding intention and exercise goes a long way to helping us feel more comfortable combining and moving into that spiritual part of ourselves that creates our reality. Mm. Oh, there was something else I wanted to add as well about um, when Gabby asked, you know, can we, can we see glimpses of the future? That's precisely why I say write everything down because sometimes we'll see something symbolic and not understand it because it's not happened yet. Mm -hmm. And so that's how they train us to pay attention to certain things and to also get us to realize how that feels in advance so when we feel something during a meditation that we don't yet understand sometimes we need to just get used to how that feels when that information comes in so that when we write it down and then later on we check back and go oh wow that was actually symbolic about a future event we then remember how that felt when it came in Mm -hmm. And so we mm -hmm. use that as almost like the calling card or the, you know, the marker that we need to recognize next time we get an information that comes in that's about the future. And again, it can take a lot of practice. I did this for 24 years as a working medium. You know, I've been 25 years into my own spiritual development now. So it's not an overnight thing. And you mustn't get frustrated with yourselves when you're not getting amazing you know tracts of information and paragraphs of speech from your guides that mm. is rare <laughs> you know mm. even with the the more advanced people that's rare but nevertheless really important stuff comes through and it comes through all the time and quite often our guides will do it in a humorous way as well so sometimes things will come through almost in a comical way or they'll show you people from your favorite tv shows or movies so that you recognize a similar character you know or a person that is just like that or a person with the same name you know they'll use your frame of reference they'll use what you know and what you recognize as almost the language that they use to communicate with you 
So, like I say, write everything down that comes to you, even if you don't understand it, even if it seems trivial, and you'll see, with hindsight, what they're showing you, and you'll see exactly how to look at that and identify it in the future as well. Now, I've actually got a question, Kate, that's coming via email from one of our listeners. Um, This question is from Jess. Hi, Jess. And she says, I have an impeccable memory. I do not forget any wrongdoings or hurt feelings that have been done unto me. I can let things go, aka forgive, but I never forget and the feelings associated. And she says, does forgiveness and forgetfulness hinder my ability to progress in my enlightenment journey? And I would say to start, no, it doesn't hinder you at all. Um, It's very difficult to learn how to forgive and it doesn't come to us overnight. Um, And not being able to forget what's happened to you. I mean, there is the old adage, isn't there? You know, forgive, but don't forget. It's okay to not forget what that was like to feel. And what I tend to do is if I don't like the feelings that are associated with an experience, you know, even if some time has passed, I will work on sitting with those feelings, like really experiencing them, you know, like the the heartbreak or the sadness or even the anger. You need to sit with that and really experience it for a short period of time to be able to process it. Because if you try to bury those feelings, you can't process them at all. It's not possible. So it's really important that you do allow yourself to experience it and then perhaps do something like the cord cutting meditation to just let that go and it might come back and then you need to work again on cutting the cord again each time it comes back but over time if you keep reminding yourself that forgiveness is for you it's not for the other person it's to allow you to carry yourself more lightly then that will eventually become a new pattern of thinking and feeling and the associated feelings will eventually recede and they will go away. You might never forget how you felt or how that person treated you, but you will think and feel differently about it. And it does take time. Yeah. What would you like to add, Kate? I'd love to add that something that we as humans think, well, if I face that energy of disappointment or sadness or anger or pain, that it's just going to feel awful. And what we Mm -hmm. don't understand is that that's the worst it gets is when we look at it bringing it into the light it immediately begins to lose its power because the darkness can't hide in the light the light infuses whatever pain or sadness or anger or frustration that we felt and it starts to heal it so holding that energy into the light, bringing it into the light, whatever we're feeling, we identify it in our body, pull it into the light and look at it, and it starts to lose its power. And then, like you were saying, Rachel, then we can process through it and look beyond it. Okay, what's supporting that energy? And going back through the energies all the way to love. And when we do that, we truly heal that energy that we've been feeling, that unforgiveness that we've been feeling. And like you said, you know, sometimes we're not ready to let go of it. Sometimes we're not ready for it to heal. But when we are ready, 
bringing it into the light and beginning to process through the energy, moving into, okay, I feel anger, and then, then I, what supports that? Well, some sadness supports that, and moving into that energy, well, what's supporting that? You know, moving all the way back into love, then we can truly heal that energy that we've been holding on to. And one other thing that I, I wanted to say about talking with our angels and guides is that, you know, sometimes I've sat down to talk with them. And it's like, oh, I'm getting nothing. nothing. I, I'm just not even feeling that connection for whatever reason because maybe I'm, I'm just extremely stressed or whatever. Then I'll go do something that is not brain surgery but just a distracted concentration kind of thing like vacuuming or doing the dishes or taking a walk. And then that energy of my guides and my angels can then get through and bring to me that message that I've been asking for, that guidance that I've been asking for. So if you're feeling like you're not getting anything, nothing's happening, then go do something else. You know, go take a bath or a shower or a walk or do the dishes or vacuum or, you know, something that doesn't require your total concentration, but it's something that you're actually doing and then those messages have that green light to come in and give you that guidance that you're looking for. Yeah, I often talk about this myself with my students because when we do something that's on autopilot like that, like a repetitive task or a chore or the repetition and the beat of walking, we do, we go, we slip into a meditative state without even realizing mm-hmm. it. Exactly. So, that's often when we do get info. I mean, when I'm having a shower, I've, you know, I've got crayons that I write on the wall with because I'll forget all the great stuff that comes through. So oh, I have to what a great idea. <laughs> you know, so water especially, you know, washing up, having your hands in that water, looking at the soap suds and the bubbles, stuff like that. That can really just make the brain go, ah, and then your brain waves flip. It goes right back to Emoto. Yeah, and the water crystals. (laughs) You know, I do. I find water energy and electrical energy are very similar to how we use energy when we're not in our bodies anymore. So when you look at it from that perspective, yeah, we're coming right back to everything being energy, vibration, and frequency. We've just got to do whatever's right for us as an individual, unique person to tap into that. No two people are the same. When I teach my students, no two people are the same. We perceive energy and we perceive communication from higher realms ways, depending on how we're wired, what relaxes us, what enables us to flip from that beta alert state down through alpha, down into theta, which is where our brains can perceive that information. So, yeah, it's fascinating stuff. I love it. It's all just so cool. And I never, ever get anything less than awestruck by it. <laughs> Even after all these years. Yes. So if, if you're trying to talk to your angels and guides, you're trying to make changes in your life, begin by sending love to the entire situation, and that will bring your energy out of fear and angst and anything that's less than love and move you into that love energy and help open your heart and your your mind and body to that guidance that you're looking for from your angels. And know that they're always with you. They're never going anywhere. But we are right at the top of the hour now, and Rachel and I will be back with you on Thursday, March the 2nd. So be sure to put a little note in your phone to remind you to join us. 
and we hope that you have a wonderful two weeks. Or yeah, I think it's just two weeks between now and then. And it's been such a pleasure to be with you and to share this time with Rachel. So thank you so much for joining us today, and we'll see you on March the second. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.